Good evening. You're listening to WNUR News 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. I'm Gabe Shumway, and this is WNUR News at 6. Tonight, students share how they're feeling from the past week of below zero weather. 2024 awards season. Adjusting to Evanston after studying abroad. And the B-List. Those stories and more coming up from Northwestern University. This is WNUR News at 6. Last week, Evanston experienced multiple days of below zero temperatures. Students share their reaction to the weather and the ways they stay warm. Amelia Donhauser has the story. This past week in Evanston, temperatures hit as low as negative 30 degrees with wind chill. Students share how the shivering temperatures have affected their mood, daily routine, and what they're doing to stay warm. It's been awful, like mentally and physically in the cold. It's been really hard to like focus and like go to classes knowing that it's so cold outside. That was Ellie Adams, a sophomore in Beenan who says she spends the majority of her time on South Campus either in her room or in class. I just like don't leave my house too much when it's cold and I like mostly do work in my room at that point. She says she feels lazier than if it was warmer outside because she is not working out. I think because it's harder to go all the way to SPAC from South Campus when it's really cold outside so I have a much like I have less determination to go to the gym. I think that I've become a lot lazier and like my stamina for working out has gotten significantly smaller because I've been unable to like run outside or like go to the gym and run. Similarly, first year Jack Hartfelder, who is from Boston, says there were moments this past week when he wanted to work out at Blom, but was deterred by the cold. Definitely the cold deterred me a couple of days from days that I would have gone. Even though the cold is not new to Hartfelder, he believes his first winter in Evanston is more extreme than anything he has ever experienced. It's been more cold than I'm used to because usually when it's this cold, I don't spend this much time outside. Yet, some students, like first year Jocelyn Tisdale, don't think the weather has been as bad as everyone has made it out to be. Well, I'm from Nebraska and it gets really cold there. Like last week it was like negative 40 wind chill, so it's like worse there and I'm just like used to it. She also thinks that people wrongly assume that Chicago is colder than most other places, including her home state of Nebraska. Everyone thinks that Chicago is like colder than Nebraska, which that's not even a common thought that anyone would ever have, but when I've talked about it with people, yeah. But Nebraska is colder than Chicago, so this is not as bad for me. The cold weather has also brought on unexpected expenses as well as a new attitude towards adventuring to class. I have been making the walk less, you know, like I've been Ubering more, which has really sucked because like I don't want to spend money. I try to walk to class. That's pretty much the extent of my physical activity these days. Tisdale believes her attitude and indifference towards the cold may be unique. I run very warm, so like Today I was walking around and I low-key was wearing a short sleeve shirt and no jacket <laughs> because I was really warm from like doing active stuff, but it's true, but I, yeah, I don't get cold that easily. Even though the worst of the weather is behind us for now, going outside still seems to be a struggle. All my classes are south, so like walking that long, it would, it's torture. It's really awful. This morning, I was so upset to be alive, like, and walking and it's awful. I've had classes like up in tech and I live south so there have been some 
really bad walks. Though they all say they have been taking precautions to stay cozy inside. But usually I eat a lot more hot food, soup, really love that. Been on my soup grind lately. I've been getting hot drinks at Starbucks, which is new for me. I had some movie nights with my friends where I used like a blanket. Very cozy. Tisdale also says the cold has forced her to try new activities indoors. Recently I did go rock climbing. That was fun, which is something that I did not do in fall quarter. It seems that everyone can agree halfway through January, students are already clamoring for warmer weather. I'm looking forward to warmth but, and not having to wear a coat all the time because I don't like it. Wearing my parka is not fun, not functional. Well, I mean, it is functional for my well-being, but like movement, don't like. And I'm hoping that it gets warmer. <laughs> for WNUR News, I'm Amelia Donhauser. Each year, award bodies nominate the best film and TV performances, writing, and directing. What do Northwestern students think of the award season so far? Ella Smith has the story. for this for so many reasons thanks so much guys every single one thank you so much um i love you um i would like to thank the hollywood farm press for this award thank you thank you uh i am i'm so uh proud um i i'm so full of gratitude to be standing in front of you all while january is obviously known for being the beginning of the year it's also known for being the beginning of something else the award season Every year, nominations and award ceremonies for awards bodies like the Golden Globes, Critics' Choice Awards, and the Oscars are held this month. Because it was postponed by the SAG after strike this summer, even the Emmys were held on January 15th. Well, hello friends, and welcome to our Emmys neighborhood on this beautiful MLK day. The viewerships for each of these award shows are experiencing downward trends. At its height, the Golden Globes drew 20 million viewers. On January 7th, only 9.4 million Americans tuned in to watch the awards ceremony. The Emmys reached an all-time low last week, at only 4.3 million viewers. So, why haven't people been watching these award shows like they used to? I'm Melody. I feel like I watch a lot of, like pop culture stuff, but I always seem to miss the award shows because like, I just never know when they're going on. I'm Maya. I don't really hear about the award season shows unless there's a controversy and it sort of makes it out to other platforms. I'm Ariel. I only really see award shows when something that people consider iconic happens or if I watch a show and an actor wins an award for that, then I'll probably get it on my feed at some point. So I mostly obtain all my information through osmosis. I'm Ida. I'm not saying that people only watch it for controversy, but I think that's like... That's the main reason why people watch it. Nowadays, people don't have to sit through hours of speeches and red carpets to see the juiciest moments from these events. They just appear in social media feeds the morning after. Any controversies that arise become the subjects of Twitter threads or TikTok videos. So far, the biggest controversy to come from this year's award season will be Joe Coy's comedy, or lack thereof, as the host of the Golden Globes. Oppenheimer answered a lifelong question that's been on my mind for years. Yes, 
Scientists do get laid. Award shows are a chance to celebrate people and their accomplishments. So I think if comedians can find a way to bring humor to the, the situation, but also uplift people in this uh same time that would be great i thought it was lame i I think he could have done better the fact that he started to try to take blame off himself also just makes him even more lame when you remove the laugh track it's really not funny in the face of declining ratings and relevance what can these awards bodies do to improve their reputations maybe like get a more relevant host if they had someone that people were really excited about hosting like i feel like a lot more people would tune in one big concern in making award shows more relevant is diversity each year awards bodies break their own records by nominating and awarding more marginalized artists but some big questions still remain who is eligible to vote for these shows and films whose responsibility this was the blackest emmys ever yeah. I was Can we we talk about that? Whose responsibility is it to make these spaces more open? I think it's happening more now where people who I know and people who I enjoy are being more included because it's not as much of like an old white man's club anymore. Just continuing that trend, I think, will make it more relevant. I think Hollywood itself could do a better job and not necessarily the award shows. I think just opening opportunities for more minorities um, in movies. And then once that happens, which might not be for a long time, but hopefully happens soon, then the award shows will have to to recognize them. Award shows have a long way to go if they want to regain the popularity and influence they once had, but there are plenty of things they can do to get there. For WNUR News, I'm Ella Smith. Over 700 Northwestern students adjust to a new culture while studying abroad each year. But how do they adjust back to the U.S. upon their return? Reporter Paz Baum looks into reverse culture. When you move back, over 700 Northwestern students grapple with this question each year when returning from study abroad. Many are facing this challenge right now as they adjust to winter in Evanston after studying abroad fall quarter. My name is Laura Johnson. I am the Marketing and Communications Manager at the Global Learning Office. Laura defines reverse culture shock as... Becoming accustomed to another culture and then perhaps returning to your own and having to sort of realign your expectations and your lived experiences with the ones you're experiencing now. Before getting into more of the details of reverse culture shock, let's fly back abroad and learn about a phrase you may be more familiar with, just plain culture shock. It is adjusting to a culture that is different or perceived to be different than your own um, and feeling sort of, um, I mean, underwater or sort of out of your typical environment. To get a more personal account of culture shock and reverse culture shock, I spoke to Weinberg Jr. and GLO ambassador Bryden Behrens. I studied abroad fall of 2023 in Barcelona, Spain. Some of the communication styles are a lot different. For example, professor-student relationships are a lot more direct. And there's more of a distinguished like superiority there than there is in the United States. Um, So that can be kind of off-putting at first. And you kind of get offended when um, a professor sends you an email that might seem a little targeted or a little too on the nose um, compared to like 
the kind of beating around the bush that we do in the United States. I could see students being maybe overwhelmed if they hadn't done maybe some initial research or perhaps there were things that they weren't expecting when they arrived. Um, and that change kind of all at once might be, um, you know, resulting in that culture shock or that feeling of being a fish out of water. Now, back to the U.S., where after several months abroad, students may once again feel like a fish out of water, some without even realizing it. I don't think I've been, you know, anxious in the kind of sense of just like coming home, but I think maybe some things that I've gotten used to, and maybe I have actually, maybe, maybe some things that I got used to in Spain are quite different here. I think there's that sense of community, especially if you're studying abroad, perhaps with a cohort or other, you know, smaller group of peers that you bond with or new friends that you make while you're abroad. Um, and so returning home, sometimes that's difficult. Um, to have those changes implemented so quickly. Bryden elaborated on one of the major differences between Spanish and American society, restaurant culture. Well, actually, yeah, actually, I did experience reverse reverse culture shock. Now that I think about it, I think when I go to restaurants now, I see them as like social gathering places um, where you can just stay for hours on end chatting it up. But servers don't like that in the United States because you're taking up a space that can be turned into the, like more income for them so you know that kind of the barrier to entry of those social spaces is much higher here as laura and bryden expressed the transition between cultures can be difficult but there are ways to ease into these changes how can students address symptoms they're experiencing of reverse culture shock our ambassador program is really great for returning students um, and the intention behind that is to be able to provide opportunities for um, students to speak with fellow northwestern students and share their experiences but also for a sense of community amongst ambassadors um, to share their experiences. We host events such as the Returning Dialogue, which is for all returning students um, to be able to reflect on their experiences abroad and share those stories and have that sense of community once they've returned back to the U.S. I think just give yourself grace, give yourself the time you need, you know, just like with anything, it'll take a little bit of time, but you'll get back to where you were. Both Laura and Bryden underscored that no matter the possibility of experiencing culture shock and or reverse culture shock, studying abroad is absolutely worth it. We love seeing how study abroad influences students and impacts them in positive ways. And it can really be something that's life-changing. And so the more students I think that kind of think ahead to where they might like to study abroad, but also what that experience will look like for them. And the more that they can kind of plan ahead, I think the smoother that transition will be when we come to, when it comes to talking about change. You're actually doing yourself more of a service going abroad than you could ever do than like by just staying in the United States. Like just like being able to form that global mindset is learning in itself. For WNUR News in Evanston, I'm Passbaum. Save me, B-List! Save me! It's been too long. The B-List is back. Thank God! Oh my God! Here's Allison Rauch with more. Welcome to the B-List, your weekly roundup of celebrity mess and pop culture. This week, Emmys, SNL, and NFL Divisional Round Games. The 75th Annual Primetime Emmy Awards took place last week. FX's The Bear and HBO's Succession led with six wins each. Netflix limited series Beef claimed five awards, and Last Week Tonight with John Oliver won two. Great week for annoying people. 
actor Jacob Elordi hosted the first Saturday Night Live of 2024 with musical guest Renee Rapp. Reviews were middling, although some praised Elordi's comedic timing. The Razzie Awards have announced their nominations for the worst performances of 2023. The most nominated film is Expendables X4 Endables, um, the fourth film in the Expendables series. Tied for second place are The Exorcist Believer and Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Should be another great night of awards. Actor Alec Baldwin was indicted on an involuntary manslaughter charge on Friday. He is set to go to trial for an incident on the set of the movie Rust in 2021. Cinematographer Helena Hutchins was killed after Baldwin's prop gun fired a live round of ammunition. If convicted, Baldwin could spend as much as 18 months in prison. In sports, the NFL Divisional Round games took place this weekend. On Saturday, the Baltimore Ravens beat the Houston Texans 34-10, and the San Francisco 49ers edged out a win over the Green Bay Packers 24-21. Yesterday, the Detroit Lions bested the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-23, and the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Buffalo Bills 27-24. Conference championships kick off this weekend, with the Ravens matching up against the Chiefs for the AFC title, and the Lions meeting the 49ers for the NFC. Games kick off next Sunday at 2 and 5.30 p.m. CST. That's all for the B-List this week. Check in next Monday to hear about what happens this week in pop culture. For WNUR News, I'm Allison Rauch. Now for a brief look at the forecast. Tonight, the temperatures will once again drop below freezing and continue in the 30s over the next few days. With it comes a high chance for snow. Starting around 10 p.m. tonight and leading into rain tomorrow morning around 11 a.m. The precipitation is expected to halt tomorrow afternoon and continue again on Wednesday morning. The humidity is expected to be over 90 percent in the coming few days with the sun largely out of sight. Now taking a look at headlines in Evanston, Chicagoland, and across the nation and globe. Disorientation week began on Sunday with dozens of students gathering in University Hall. Various campus organizations host discussions, bonding events, and a series of teach-ins to educate students on NU's history of student activism. Northwestern and Project Contractors announced at a 7th Ward meeting last Thursday the demolition of Northwestern's Ryan Field will begin the week of January 29th. Fences, trailers, and other equipment are set to start rolling in next week. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis ends his presidential bid ahead of the New Hampshire primary, endorsing Donald Trump in the end. The decision leaves Trump and Nikki Haley as the last major candidates for the race. Today, a 40-hour road trip across Mexico began for a four-year-old giraffe, Benito. He is being transferred to a warmer park with other giraffes. This move to the Mexican state of Puebla comes on the back of animal rights activists campaigning. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on X at WNUR News and Instagram at WNUR News 89.3. You can listen to these and other WNUR news stories on our website, WNURnews.org. That's WNURnews.org. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our producer today is Michelle Huang, and our reporters are Amelia Donhauser, Ella Smith, Paz Baum, and Allison Rauch. 
I'm Gabe Shumway. Catch our next newscast Wednesday, January 24th. And now, back to scheduled programming.